All right, guys, it's Darkseid here again for Vital MX. Today, I got the newest member of the factory Honda HRC team, Colt Nichols, on the phone. What's going on, Colt? Not a whole lot, man. Just uh, getting some things handled this morning on my day off. And uh, yeah, trying to soak it in a little bit before we get back on the bike and start doing some work. But uh, no, man, we're, we're doing good. We're doing a lot better than we were. That's that's for sure. Yeah, it sounds that way. And I want to get into all that, but just touch on something you just said, your day off. What is a day off for, for Colt Nichols? What are you going to do, man? Are you going to go hang out at the beach or are you still training? Yeah, definitely not. No, no beach day for me. <laughs> but uh, woke up this morning early, did a cycle um, got that done this morning and, you know, had some food, try and relax a little bit and, uh, have some foundation training later today. Um, but kind of just relax, try to recharge the batteries a little bit. I've had a big, uh, past, you know, four or five days in a row here. So, um, mainly just trying to kind of get recharged, get ready for a, a good day of training and riding tomorrow and another good day of training on Saturday. So okay. uh, yeah, just recharging the batteries a bit. All right, I want to kind of touch on your last couple of years real quick before we get into what's going on now. Obviously, yep. obviously, you come off of 2021 winning the 250 East Supercross Championship, highest of highs. You have yep. a decent outdoor season. I think you were 14th overall. Uh, and, and, of course, you come into 2022 uh, on, to do a different coast, right? You weren't going to be able to defend your number one plate, but you're going to go race 250 Supercross. No yep. title defense. But then the opening round, everything just falls apart, man. I mean, like, so you're from the highest of highs to the lowest of lows in such a sh one year. Like, how'd you deal with that mentally? Yeah, that was uh, honestly pretty, pretty tough on like the emotional, mental toll that that kind of took. Mainly just because I, you know, I had an incredible um, 2021 preseason. Um, you know, at the end of 2020, going into 21, I you know, I felt like I did everything correctly and I was able to, to show it by winning that championship in 21. And then, um, you know, going into the 22 season, you know, at the end of 21 for that whole off season, I, I kind of, um, I would say leveled up even, even more on, on the training and the physical side. And, um, you know, I, I really felt like I did everything I possibly could to, um, to, to go win another championship. I, I wanted to repeat and, you know, win a championship so bad, like even more so than I, like I had more motivation than I did prior to 21. Just, I just wanted to do it again so badly, um, you know, to prove to myself that I could win on either coast and against anybody. And it's kind of funny. It ended up being essentially the same people I raced in, in 21 for that, for that title. But, uh, yeah, it was just, uh, it was, it was tough, man. After I got injured, I was like, man, I just, you know, have dedicated, you know, this whole off season. And, you know, even after I got hurt in outdoors in 21, I missed the last few races and, um, didn't really take a whole lot of time off. You know, I had to let my shoulder heal up a little bit, but for the most part, I was pretty dead set on trying to win another championship. So, uh, when that happened, it's, it's just, you know, it's tough. It's emotionally, it hits you a little different because you've done all that work and it feels like it's for nothing. But, um, in, in a sense, it was also really like rewarding for me because I, I noticed myself kind of level up even more. Um, and that was, that was uh, the biggest positive I could take away was I was like, okay, well, I, I saw improvements, you know, um, I, I made some really good progress. I did a lot of things correctly and I, I made some gains in areas that I hadn't really made gains at before in my career. So, um, it was, it was kind of cool in the same, in the same token, knowing, well, if I can get back to that, then I'll be okay. You know, and I, I got there once, why, why can't I get there again? So, uh, it was tough that the month of January was, was, was a rough 
period. Um, I just had a lot of things going on in personal life that were difficult as well. And, um, you know, I lost one of my better friends and a guy that was living at my house at the time and in the month of January. And, you know, I'd just gotten hurt and did all that stuff. And it was, uh, it was just, you know, a tough month. But once we got over the hump of that, we were looking forward and I was positive and hopeful for the future and, you know, hoping that I could end up with a situation like I'm currently in. So everything ended up working, um, somehow yeah. <laughs> I didn't think it was, but it, it ended up working. So it, it was all right. Yeah. It's great that you were able to find a little positive in all that to hold on to and not only dwell on the negative. Uh, that that's great that you were able to do that. Uh, yeah. In the injury, you broke both your arms, which I mean, come on, that's, that's awful. That's, that's an awful way to live. Uh, how yeah. are, how are the yeah. arms now? Uh, yeah, everything, everything's good now. I mean, it's, um, the, the right wrist was the biggest, uh, issue from the get go. Just that was the wrist that was, uh, dislocated pretty good. And I, you know, kind of severed the tendons and everything along the line of, uh, just from the, the way the dislocation was there. So, um, that, that one was tough. The, the left side, the left was more the arm, not the wrist. And it was pretty simple, you know, um, broken radius, go in there, put a screws and plate in it and call it good. And, um, the, the right side was difficult though. It was, it was a long recovery. It was a lot of therapy. Um, just a lot of limited mobility in the wrist. You know, I, I still, to this day, don't have the movement of the other side, which is pretty normal, but, I actually got more movement back than they thought I would. So uh, I, I hit, I hit therapy pretty hard. I wanted to make sure I did everything I could to get as much movement and mobility back as I could. The grip strength is better on my right side than my left side, which was kind of, kind of crazy, but, um, no, everything's, everything's good. Now the burn healed up good. The arms are good. I don't have any, um, you know, lingering issues with, with either side, uh, or, or anything like that. So, uh, they've been positive. Once we started riding again, everything's been moving forward just the way I needed it to and never had to take any breaks or do anything crazy from, you know, pain or discomfort. So uh, I, I did it right. You know, I, I wanted to make sure we we checked all the boxes on coming back and uh, we did that. So it was good. Well, you announced earlier this year that you were parting ways with Star Yamaha Racing. And, you know, obviously you're moving up to the 450 class. They had limited room. Once you yep. make that announcement, what are the options? What's what's on in the back of your mind? Are there teams that you're already talking to? Like that's it's been a long time before the announcements have been made. Currently, uh, I don't feel like the situation looked as positive as it should have with your abilities. Yeah, I mean, I, I didn't feel like it did either. But you know, that's uh, that's our industry. Sometimes things don't really work the way you want them to. But um, no, I, so I, I made this big, you know, post on Instagram thanking star and doing all this stuff. And I was moving forward and, um, I was supposed to race outdoors for those guys. Uh, that was the whole idea was I was doing everything I could to come back and race outdoors for them. And, uh, it was just a weird, uh, weird little period there. Um, you know, I, they implemented an injury clause and, um, did all these things on me, which, you know, they hadn't done before, but it was also, I was aware that that was going to happen. It's not like that was out of left field really. Mm-hmm. Um, and so when we were in that position, I, I wasn't obviously getting paid anymore and I wasn't going to whether I raced or not. And so we had an opportunity with an upcoming KTM team that was supposed to be a newly formed Rocky mountain KTM team with, uh, Mark McKenzie. And uh, I was going to live at 83 compound. I actually signed a deal with those guys. Um, signed a contract, did all that after, you know, we'd had these discussions with star and 
this KTM opportunity was there, but we didn't know how serious it was. And once we found out it was, it was serious, he said, Hey, you know, if you want to get a head start, come down here early, start riding this 450. Um, we can start to pay you earlier than we were originally going to. And, um, it just made sense. You know, I was like, okay, this will kind of give me a head start. I can maybe make a little bit of money. It, it'll be, uh, you know, it's kind of a win-win really. Um, mainly for the future though, I, I wanted to get that head start on riding the 450. And I was down there for about four or five weeks doing all that. And then that team kind of imploded before we ever really got going. So, uh, like I said, I signed a deal. I did all that. Um, and then it didn't end up working out. So then we were kind of left scratching our heads like, well, what do we do now? So, um, so at that point, you know, I, I had already had my Tallahassee house sold. Um, and I was in the process of selling my California house, but, uh, in order to, you know, buy a place down in Wesley Chapel. And uh, once that deal imploded, we said, okay, well, we'll load everything up, go back to California, and we will figure it out once we get there. Um, <laughs> you know, that, I feel like this is a place we needed to be at to get stuff sorted and kind of find out our next move. So um, that's what we did. We loaded up and came here. So yeah, it was, it's been a big gap since, uh, you know, I, I did the whole star thing. And we were having these conversations with, with Honda and Gas Gas and, you know, all these teams about possibility of riding for him but once i did the ktm deal i was i was done you know yeah. i already signed my deal i thought i was done for 2023 and you know everything was kind of good to go and uh like i said that imploded and we kind of went back to square one so um it's been a weird weird off season a, a weird period here um but like i said i if to get this outcome i would do it all over again but it's definitely was a stressful uh few months with a lot of uncertainty from every direction so um, yeah, it was just kind of a weird time. <laughs> yeah. As I said, highest of highs in 21, lowest of lows in 22. And it just like from the injury to not having a ride at star to the, the new team imploding, like, okay, 22 just sucks, but things yeah, are turning yeah. around now. <laughs> things are looking good yeah. right now. Yeah, no, I know. That's why it's like I said, to, this was, this whole Honda situation was honestly the best possible outcome that I could have had. For sure. Um, it just seemed like such a far fetched idea that I just thought for sure it wasn't going to work, you know? So, um, like I said, to, to end up here, I, I would do it all over again, but, uh, <laughs> man, it, it definitely wasn't easy at, at some points. It was, it's been a low, tough year with being out of the racing scene for yeah. so long. And all I wanted to do is go race. So, you know, in hindsight, I would have raced, you know, the last few outdoors with, with star, regardless of, of anything, but, uh, you know, I, I made the best decision with what was in front of me at the time and we moved forward and, uh, no regrets on any of that, but, um, yeah, you just never know, man, this sport seems to throw you some curveballs. It does. Sure. It does. And before we get to Honda, I want to, the world supercross Rick rare, Rick, Ray, man, I can't even say it. Rick where racing situation came up. How did that offer come yeah. about? Yeah, that was an interesting situation too. Cause I, I had a, offer from rick ware and the whole the whole team uh this is prior to me taking the ktm deal um they offered me a position to race a 450 for those guys and once i signed the ktm thing i couldn't go race for rick ware anymore um that was like a done i I couldn't do that so we said okay um you know thanks but no thanks type situation and right whenever the KTM deal imploded. I, I immediately got a call from uh, Dave Analak, which is a team manager for Rick Ware. And he was like, Hey, I heard that team kind of folded. Like, do you have anything going on? Like, we would still love for you to come ride for this team. So uh, it was a 250 offer. That's all they had left. They'd already signed the two 450 guys. Um, and at this point, I was like, Dude, I'll race anything for any, any money. I don't care. I just yeah. need an opportunity to go race. You know, I, I want to go race very badly. 
Um, so let's try and make it happen. So, um, we did, it was just a little late in the game, you know, for everything. And that wasn't, it wasn't really anything on, on their end. It was just, uh, it was just late. You know, we, we didn't really get to do things as early and quickly as we wanted to. And, um, you know, I, I did ride the bike. I had a Yamaha 250 that I was riding to prepare for that, for that race in the series. And, um, yeah, I only got to ride the, the bike about five days. Um, and this was only about two weeks prior to the first race in, in Cardiff. And, um, I don't, I was just at a point in my career where I, I didn't really want a chance, um, showing up to a race after being off all year and, and not being prepared. I just thought it would be more of, uh, more detrimental if it didn't go well, you know, the way I wanted it to go than to, to show up and just race to race. So, um, I made that decision to to say, Hey, I'm, I'm not ready. You know, I, I don't want to show up and, and try and race these races being unprepared. And, um, you know, the, the whole team and, and everybody, like I said, they were, they were great. Um, still have a good relationship with Dave, with Rick, we were able to talk and, you know, kind of hash things out and everything was fine. But, uh, yeah, I mean, they were upset of course, with kind of leaving at the 11th hour right before that race was, was scheduled to go, but they understood, you know, um, they didn't want to put me in a position to do anything um, dangerous or, you know, to a point where I felt like I just wasn't ready. Um, and that's the position I was in. So, uh, we decided to move forward with that, not, you know, forego going to those races, but, uh, that was a tough decision. Cause like I said, I, I wanted to race. I've been wanting to race all year. Um, but I, like I said, I just wasn't prepared. I, I felt like to go race and to compete the way I wanted to. So, um, that's what kind of led to our decision to, to pull out there. Yeah, that's probably smart. In this industry, as we've already sort of talked about, things are a little weird, curveballs. And if you go in unprepared and you have a bad showing, that could hurt you more than not racing. Other other teams are like, well, he's not ready or he doesn't look good. We're not going to give him an offer. So, yeah, that could have been, yeah. been detrimental to the future if you'd went up there and just not had everything the way you needed it to be. Yeah, and that's kind of the way I looked at it. You know, I, I was – I was trying to be, you know, as optimistic and open-minded as I possibly could have. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, I, I, don't really know if there was a whole lot of guys that were just insanely more prepared than me. And, but that was the risk that I felt like I, I didn't want to take at that point was I, I didn't know, you know, I'm like, sure. well, I know I'm not prepared. I don't know how anyone else is, but you know, I, I know I'm, you know, only five days on the bike of racing supercross <laughs> and I hadn't rode a supercross track since Anaheim one. So I'm like, dude, I just, that's just not enough time for me to feel comfy here. So, um, yeah, that's what led to the decision. Like I said, it, it sucked. I was, I was bummed on the whole deal. Um, I, I know they were probably a little disappointed in, in me for, like I said, just the timing of it all being that late. But, uh, like I said, we we're able to, to talk, hash things out. And those are really good people that, um, you know, hopefully we can work together again in the future or something. But, uh, at the moment it just, it didn't, didn't, didn't really fit the way I wanted it to. So, yeah. uh, yeah, so that's what happened. So. Well, it works out because you get a call from Honda HRC. That opportunity opens up. Who who contacted you? Was it Lars? Was it Trey Kennard or someone else? How did that offer uh, get presented? Yeah, that, that was kind of a interesting. This whole situation has been a little interesting, to be honest, just because Jimmy, my, my agent, Jimmy Button, has had conversations with Lars um, all the way back from like February or March. Okay. Um, that early on, he had had conversations with Honda, but it was the same song and dance that you know, we don't know what we're doing because we Kenny's contracts up. We would prefer to do something with Kenny, but we don't know where his head's at or what he wants to do. So we're just kind of waiting. And I'm like, okay, I mean, that's 
fair. You know, obviously their that's their priority is trying to figure him out. And, uh, that's just the way it was for ever. Um, nothing ever got past that, but Jimmy still kept checking in, you know, pretty much once a month, he would call Lars. Hey, any news? No, no news. Okay. We'll call back next month. So that went on, like I said, up until this point. And, um, you know, once we, he went on the Bubba's world podcast and kind of announced that him and Hondo were splitting. I, Jimmy had already talked to Lars right after that, but, uh, I immediately called Lars just cause I wanted to talk to him myself. Cause I hadn't spoke with him, you know, on the phone or face to face or anything. So, um, he ended up calling me back the next day. We had a really good conversation. He was like, Hey, you know, me and, or, you know, Kenny and Honda are not, that relationship isn't going to move forward. So we don't know what we're going to do. You know, we're, they're not like a lot of these other teams where they have a big title sponsor and they have to do certain things. Like they can do whatever they want. They can go race with six guys, with one guy, with whatever. So, um, they were contemplating that. Like, do we just go race with chase? Do we add a second guy? Um, you know, what, what do we do? And, um, Lars was just very honest with me from the get go. He's like, Hey, if we are going to add a second guy, you are at the top of our list. Um, you know, if that's what we want to do. So there was like some hope there from the get go, but I didn't want to get too caught up in it just cause I've been let down a handful of times now this year, <laughs> uh, alone. So I didn't want to just like put, you know, too much stock into that. Um, like I said, cause it, it did seem a little far-fetched at the time, but, uh, the conversations just kept getting a little better and, you know, he called and we call again and we went back and forth a few more times. And, you know, I, I actually reached out to Trey Kennard and I talked to him. Um, he kind of gave me the lowdown a little bit on what was being said on the inner workings at Honda between Lars and, you know, some of the other guys. And, um, it was all just positive. It was, it was super positive And I was, I was very surprised it, it went as well as it did. And, um, yeah, we, we just kept in very close contact and I actually didn't sign the deal with Honda until last uh, Tuesday when I showed up at Paula, he actually brought the contract to Paula. I signed it and I rode that day. So, um, it was kind of funny the way it worked, but it all started like it was slow, but then all of a sudden it just moved quick. You know, um, once I decided that they were going to go a certain direction and they wanted to get a guy, um, they seemed like they narrowed in on, on me, which I was very, very happy about. And, um, yeah, it just it ended up working. It made sense for kind of everybody involved and all parties. So, man, I, I couldn't be happier, though, with, with the outcome. It's been an incredible first. Now, now this is going on my second week of being on the bike. And, uh, man, I'm just I'm ecstatic to, to be a part of such a big legacy like Honda has been. Uh, it's been incredible. Yeah, of course. That's I mean, that's the dream, I think, for a lot of guys to be at factory Honda. I mean, that's awesome. I don't know if you heard Lars on Lars Lynch from on Pulp Mex Monday night. He touched on one of the things you just said where they didn't have to hire another guy. They could have went with one 450 guy if that's what they wanted to do. So yeah. I feel like that has to give put a lot of confidence, uh, give you a lot of confidence or a lot of make you feel good about yourself that those guys were willing to or they decided to hire you when they don't have to. And the things that Lars said, uh, really a lot of it came from Trey Kennard that he felt like you were a really good tester. You could help progress the bike, you know, help them develop the bike. And Lars said, I feel like we can give him the opportunity to get back to where he should be, where he, you know, where he, his ability allows him to be. So like they, they are very, everything he said was very positive. And I really appreciated the way Lars uh, presented the package of having you on the team. It wasn't like, well, we just had to get somebody like they wanted you for really legit positive reasons for you and for the team. 
Yeah, yeah. I mean, and that's the part that was, I think, coolest about all of this was uh, what was just like you said, they didn't have to, you know, but um, they they wanted to. And it for, for them, you know, I, I tried to sell myself as much as I could, you know, to be like, hey, like if you guys want me to help develop this bike and get it a little better and I'm not saying I'm the best tester in the world, you know, but I'll try my ass off, you know, I'll, I'll buy a camper and I'll park it at Honda <laughs> test track and I'll live there and, you know, I'll do whatever it takes yeah, to, yeah. to get this opportunity. So, um, for, for, for me, I think that was a big part of it just to say, Hey, I, I can be a team player. I I'm not naive to, um, you know, the sport and, um, where I'm at in my career, as opposed to chase. I mean, he's won four fifty races. He's, uh, I mean, absolute, I mean, you have to put him in the title, you know, category of guys that can actually legitimately win a championship. And, um, you know, me, it's my rookie season. I've been off for a year. Um, you know, it's tough to get in and just be firing right off the bat. So I I'm realistic about everything, but at the same time, I, of course I'm a racer. I, I want to be at that point. You know, I want to be a championship. I improve that I can race this 450 and race it really well, but this is also a, a tough transition. And, um, you know, it's, it's racing with the, the best in the world. So, um, it, it might take some time, you know, I'm not uh, oblivious to, to that, but I'm going to do everything I can to show up prepared and ready. And, you know, if I got to test a little more than the other guys and so be, it. you know, I, I'm willing to do that. And that's something I, I want to do to help this team and, um, help myself really, you know, it, it kind of helps me to get it more adapted to the bike, get more adapted to the team and, um, just everything above, it just seemed like, like I said, a, a really great fit. And I was, I was very pumped with, with Lars and his positivity and, just everybody on the team and they've, yeah. they've been a, a real dream to work with so far. And I'm just ecstatic, man, to, to, to be in this position. Like you said, a lot of people, this is the, the ultimate, you know, to be a Honda. And that's kind of the way I've looked at it too. I mean, all of my childhood heroes rode for a factory Honda. So, that's cool. um, no, it's a, yeah, it's a cool spot to be in, man. I'm, I'm ecstatic to be here and hopefully I can help and get my feet wet and see if we can actually produce some results. I, I feel I'm capable of. So I'm excited to, to do that. Yeah, you sort of touched on this a second ago, but look, how are you approaching this season? You know, is it a rebuild year or is it because this is a one year deal, correct? Yeah, yeah, just supercross only. Okay, yeah. so is it a rebuild year for you or is it I also need to go kick some ass a little bit so that there are other opportunities? Yeah, I mean, definitely both, you know, like I, like I said, I'm, I'm not, um, uh, oblivious to where I'm at in, in my career, you know, it's, uh, it was a rough year, you know? So for, for me, you have to look at it a little bit as a rebuild simply just cause I haven't been there, you know, in so long, but at the same time, I just, I, I want to make sure I'm there, you know? So uh, I want to have a good base. Uh, I want to get into the season and, you know, we, like I said, it, it's hard for rookies to come in and, and be kind of firing immediately and have the bike exactly where you want it. And, um, you know, all those little things. So what I just want to get through these, these first few races and just kind of really assess with where we are and where we're lacking and where we can be better and, uh, you know, maximize the, the parts that we're good at, whether that's, you know, the starts or the fitness or, you know, the raw speed, whatever that is, um, really try to maximize that, then look up and, you know, eight or nine weeks down the road when we're halfway through the season and say, okay, like we're at a good spot. Let's, let's really try to make a run. And, um, you know, try and actually get us some really good results here, you know? So, uh, that, that's my approach. I, I just want to be there, you know, um, make sure I'm at each at each race each weekend and we're just building, you know, um, you have to kind of start very realistic and open-minded to this whole thing. You know, I don't want to show up at Anaheim being like, man, I got to get on the podium or top five or a bust, you know, like I just want to 
have my goals be realistic and uh, get in there and start to just kind of see where we are and start to build. And once we start to build, it gets a little easier each weekend. And uh, you can start kind of, you know, capping off some some good races and do some good things in a row here. So uh, that's my approach. You know, we'll, we'll see uh, how everything goes. But at the moment, I'm, I'm really happy with how comfy I feel on the bike and how easy the transition's been. And um, there's a lot of exciting moving parts going on right now, but just uh, just very, you know, hopeful and excited for the future and you know ready to see how we are in supercross and kind of get the ball rolling there so be yeah. good. two more questions for you uh you spent a little bit of time on the bike how is it for you how's it fit your riding style so far honestly great and i've it's it's been kind of cool because i'm i'm working with will Hahn now as uh he's my my trainer for things and uh he i've been around him for a long time you know he was at star for a few years um being the manager side of things and uh now that we're working together again, obviously at a different capacity, but, uh, it's just been cool. Cause he knows me pretty, pretty well. Um, you know, he knows my tendencies and, you know, things I like and don't like. And, um, it's just been cool having him there because he's like, man, I really feel like you're, you fit this really well. Like my riding style, I think fits a 450. You know, I don't like to rev the bike. I like to keep it a little lower RPMs, um, kind of, carry a little more momentum around the track and not have to use so much like just on the edge 250 power, which is the way I don't like to ride. So, mm-hmm. um, it, it's been very easy, like a good transition. I feel like I fit the bike really, really well. The rider triangle, um, on a Honda, is just a very comfy fit, you know, like foot peg to seat height, you know, where you sit to where the bars feel like everything is just a very comfortable feel. Um, so of course it's, it's been easy. I mean, it's been an easy transition so far. There's some things that, we've been working on, you know, we've already done quite a bit of testing just only in the five days I've rode. So, uh, it's been really cool, man. That's, they've got kind of endless things that they can do. Um, which is pretty cool from a rider standpoint, but yeah, it's been a really easy transition. I feel great on the bike so far. So, um, no, I'm like, I'm excited. It does nothing but give me more confidence each time I ride. And, uh, it's been, it's been a good, good transition. Great to hear. Last question with the new format this year, super motocross, you could easily, you should easily qualify for, you know, have enough points where you could come back and, and race the final three super motocross races. If, but you only have supercross only deal. Have you guys talked about that? Any, if, if you go out and win a race or something and then you're automatically qualified, will they bring you back for the last three? Yeah, we haven't really got to discuss, um, anything too far past, yeah. past, you know, uh, this supercross and, to be honest, at the time, I wasn't really worried about it. I was sure. just like, just give me this opportunity yeah. here and we'll figure the rest out later. Right, you know? right. So, um, so that's kind of the approach that I had was I just was like, hey, I'll do anything. You know, just just let me know what I need to do and we'll make it happen type deal. So I hope that's the case. You know, I, I hope I can have a future here. And uh, like I said, I really have enjoyed working with these guys. They're such good people. And uh, it's been a fun few weeks so far. So, uh, yeah, no, no complaints on my end. Hopefully we can have something here later on, but I'm not really too too concerned about that we're pretty focused on the present and we're going day to day and uh focused on the now and just trying to take it day by day for what it is and get ready for uh for january 7th well colt man hey appreciate you having some time taking on your day off to visit with us it means a lot and uh yeah i look forward to seeing you here in a few weeks or a couple months at a1 yes sir yeah thank you of course always a pleasure and uh yeah we'll talk again soon thanks man all right colt take care buddy yeah yeah, yeah.